0: Some people brought children to Jesus so that He would place His hands on them. But the disciples scolded them. Allow the children to come to Me, Jesus said. Don't forbid them, because the Kingdom of Heaven belongs to people like these children. Then He blessed the children and went away from there. God to bless the reading. Of scripture tonight. Uh, well, it is my pleasure to welcome Anita Hughes from Safe Families. She has come to speak about their organization and because I forgot to ask you beforehand uh, if people, because we will be having a special offering immediately following um, her presentation. So um, if people would like to write checks to help Safe Families.
1: Safe Families for Children, Rockford. Safe Families
0: for Children, Rockford. Um, so we will do a special offering for Safe Families immediately following If you did not bring your checkbook tonight, as I've been encouraging you, I'm sure they would take donations at any time throughout the year for uh, their ministry and also for um, uh, the volunteers and the help they need, and she'll speak more of that. So uh, we will have a special offering before our offering, so there's no confusion. Um, uh, We had a little mix-up last time. So uh, without further ado, uh, Anita Hughes from Safe Families, welcome. Give her a hand as she uh, prepares to uh, speak for us.
1: Good evening. Good to be with you this evening. Um, It is obvious from the scripture that Pastor Mark shared that um, Jesus loves the children. Um, And so we are going to talk this evening about Save Families for Children, which serves children and families in crisis. Uh, But actually the statistics in our society today are pretty alarming when it comes to child abuse and neglect. Uh, The reports from DCFS just in the state of Illinois that DCFS receives, investigates, and acts upon a report of abuse or neglect every five minutes in the state of Illinois. Um, they report, receive, investigate, and act upon a report of child sex abuse every two hours, and a child death by abuse or neglect every 36 hours. And that is just in our state, that is just in Illinois. I will tell you that the Rockford office in particular is one of the highest of volume offices in the state. Um, it rivals some of the field offices right in uh, Chicago proper. So we are in the thick of this. Um, we are a part of this, and so we're going to talk a little bit tonight about what that looks like for the church to be the answer for this. Uh, there are 125,000 uh, children in Illinois who are abused or neglected every year, and 70 percent of all child abuse cases are not even ever reported. Um, so we know that that number is alarmingly low. Uh, children, on average, tell seven adults about an abuse that has occurred to them before it ever gets reported. Uh, so these statistics, I know, are very dismal. Uh, the reality is is that DCFS is trying its best to do what it's been commissioned to do, which is meet the needs of children who are being harmed and neglected in our society. Uh, but the numbers are overwhelming and there is no way that they can handle the volume of calls that come in every day. I can tell you uh, just from my own experience, I have made two hotline calls to DCFS in the last six months and both times that I called, the person who picked up the phone said, is this child in immediate danger of being severely harmed or killed? And when I said no, they said, I'm sorry, we have so many calls coming in right now, we have to call you back. And it took the hotline two to three hours to get back to me on both of those occasions. So it is serious. Um, The the children that are just not even being reported, and then the ones that are being reported that DCFS just cannot handle. And on top of that, as many of you know, the uh, social service agencies in all of Illinois are just being hammered right now due to the state budget crisis and are constantly having to cut back their services and their staff and the support that they offer to help families in crisis. Um, The reality is, is the church relinquished its right. We gave up our right about 50 years ago when DCFS stepped in and became the agency to handle child abuse and neglect, to deal with the families in crisis, and that's when the church kind of stepped out. And So while it sounds very dismal, and I'm not here to depress you tonight and give you statistics that are going to keep you awake tonight Necessarily, um, but really what I hope that we can see this as is an opportunity Um, It is a sad state of affairs We never like to hear about children being harmed or neglected uh, But the reality is it happens right here. It happens in your backyard every single day Um, and I can tell you that the number of calls that we're getting through safe families has increased by about 40% uh, this calendar year from where we were at just last year. So the numbers are astounding, but it is an opportunity for us to be the church. So what does that look like? Um, what I want to propose tonight is that it is time for the church to step back into its rightful place. And that instead of relinquishing our right to state agencies and to child welfare agencies, that the church takes its place back in caring for those who are in need. One of the hallmarks of the early church for the first five centuries after the church was started way back in the book of Acts was biblical hospitality. They were known for their care of those people in need, the widows, the orphans, the sick. uh, They often loved the unlovable and it was what made the church stand out in society. I mean, a lot of people came to believe in Christ because they would look at the church and go, there's something different about these people. They love people that they don't have to love. They take in people that they don't need to take in, but they do it anyway. What motivates them to do this? And I think one of the things that allows us, it gives us the opportunity to share the gospel, uh, is often our love and our loving kindness toward others. And I have often heard it said that um, we need to be loving on people until they ask why. And then that is our foot in the door. And then we know we have loved them well and long enough that now they are, they're thinking something's up, right? Like, are these people crazy? Or do they know something I don't know? Um, and that, But that is what distinguishes the church from our society, is our ability to love. Um, there are some scriptures that back this up. And one of my favorite definitions of biblical hospitality actually comes from Jeff. Jeff Vanderstelt is his name. He is a pastor, he's a visionary, he's an author. He comes out of Tacoma, Washington, a church planter. But uh, he has actually a a whole sermon, it's a a video on biblical hospitality. And in there, his definition is uh, that biblical hospitality is making people who are on the outside feel like they are on the inside, so they want to be on the inside. And I love that definition because I come across so many families who are in need every single day. I get, I had a call about two hours before I headed out today, uh, to come here. There's a mom who is sitting at home right now. Her child is at Mother House, which is a crisis nursery. It's a great thing also to support. We're all in this together. Um, and they, but they only can care for children for 72 hours. And she does not know what she's going to do when she has to take her child back tomorrow. Um, and so I love that because she is, I could, from her voice on the phone and from some of the things she said, I'm gonna be really honest with you, she isn't one of the most lovable people that I have come across. <laughs> uh, she was using a lot of excuses, she was kind of accusatory for why she's in the situation she's in. It doesn't seem very lovable, but you know what, she's feeling pretty isolated and alone right now. So what would make a difference for this mom? if we brought her into this community of believers and we loved on her like she was part of the community until she started to ask you why. Why do you love me so much? Why do you want me to be part of this church family? And that is what can distinguish us from our society and that is what can bring uh, the world to see the the true light of Jesus. There are scriptures all throughout the Bible. I was actually pretty astounded as I started to look through scriptures on biblical hospitality, but truly, Starting in Genesis, when God created the Garden of Eden, um, that alone is a whole lesson on hospitality and how he created this welcoming place uh, for Adam and Eve to be accepted and loved as they were. Um, but all through Scripture, it talks about what hospitality is and what it means to love a stranger. I'm just going to share a couple with you tonight. One of them is found in Romans 12:9 through 13. The other thing I really find fascinating is whenever I read about biblical hospitality in the Bible, it is very closely tied to love. They just go hand in hand. He's not asking us to do biblical hospitality and reach out to people without his love that's in us coming through us, and it's really founded in love. So in Romans 12, um, it says this, and starting in verse 9. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And a lot of times we stop right there, right? Because that's a powerful sentence, that that scripture. Uh, But it goes on to say, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Doesn't get much clearer than that. And there's another passage that mirrors that. It's in First Peter 4, verses 7 through 11, and it says this, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Dr. David Anderson is the founder of Safe Families for Children. He is a clinical psychologist and founded Safe Families in 2002, actually, right in Chicago. And we're going to talk about what Safe Families is, but I like what he says about hospitality. This is a direct quote from him. He says, the hospitality of the Bible is dangerous, demanding, and must be deliberate. It is radical, far different from the lifestyle with which we may be accustomed. And I can vouch for that. Uh, we are a host family for Safe Families for Children. We take children into our home on a temporary basis uh, and keep the children until the parent is more stable and able to take the child back. And I can tell you, there are days it's not comfortable. And there are days it's pretty demanding. I am old, and I have a 20-month-old in my house. I feel like, we feel like Abraham and Sarah. It's like, really, Lord, what are you doing? He's been with us for six months, and I met with Mom yesterday. She's actually incarcerated down in uh, Decatur Correctional Center, and uh, she's looking at a few more months in prison, and then she's going into a treatment center, and she just kind of threw out to me yesterday in that meeting, uh, that visit that I had, that she thinks it would be a good idea if Princeton would stay with us once she's released and while she's in treatment, because she really doesn't want him going into a shelter environment from our home Realizing that would be an extremely difficult transition. Um, so we're looking, that's kind of atypical for safe families. We don't usually do real long placement, but it's looking to be about a year. Now I can tell you there are days it feels kind of demanding. He was sick last week and it was kind of disgusting. He's like, gross, you know, like stuff coming out everywhere. I'm like, ooh, I'm over this. I'm too old for this mess. Um, but you know what is the blessings far outweigh the demands and the sacrifices that we're making on his behalf. I can say that honestly, um, sorry, it's very emotional for me, um, especially when i be with his mom. Um, I have known his mom since last September, I met her because she was pregnant with her fifth child, uh, Princeton is the only one that she has ever tried to raise on her own, and the baby that she was pregnant with, she had already made up her mind to put up for adoption before she met say, us through Safe Families. And so we placed Princeton for five days while mom was in the hospital and had the baby. His name is Jax. And um, until she could get settled back, she was actually living at Remedies, the domestic violence shelter at that time. And so we met her then. And over the next few months, uh, this mom just kind of took to me. And she kind of pursued a relationship with me, which was awesome. And thank you. I should learn to carry these with me everywhere I go when I talk about safe families. Uh, I have yet to talk about safe families without crying, even in my own living room. Um, but I, she, we built a relationship. She began going to church with us, and so she asked us to take Princeton again in January because she was going to start her GED classes. And the second day we had him, she was arrested, and she knew it was coming. She had an outstanding warrant, and she we had conversations about this and how. It's wise to take responsibility for your actions up front. And she was getting there. Um, but the two days before she was arrested, uh, she and I were having a conversation about church. And you know, she was, I was going over picking her up and bringing her to our church and taking her back home. And it was good. And she got to know people from our church. They're still writing to her. It is her community right now um, because she has not even let her family know that she's incarcerated. And so her family is, the, is our church congregation that keeps in touch with her by mail. Um, but the two days before she went into jail, uh, we were just talking. And I said, you know, Roxanne, we could do church at your place. Like, you, I don't need to come pick you up and bring you all the way across town in this community of people you don't really know very well. Let's just do it at your house. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, we'll just, I said, invite your friends, get a bunch of your friends together, bring them to your living room. You know, we'll have some pop and some snacks. And we'll just do church. I said, I got this thing, this little format we can use. And she was all excited. She was like, could not wait to get this started. So our plan's on hold for a few months because she's three hours away, one direction. So it's a little hard to do that in her community right now. Um, but she is being faithful, I will tell you that. She is reading Purpose Driven Life um, and is working through the Book of John right now. And so she is really working hard spiritually, even during this difficult time. Which just goes to show that God's light shines everywhere, right? Um, even in a jail cell where she's not very comfortable at the moment. So that's just a little glimpse of what Safe Families looks like up close and real. Um, I live it every day in my own home. But also it is, a, it is a platform that offers a church the chance to be the church. And I think that's what's most appealing to me about Safe Families is we are not a parachurch organization. We cannot exist outside of you. So Safe Families isn't something that's over here that you guys just come alongside. Safe Families is a part of you. And it's a ministry through the church, and it takes the body of Christ, it takes the believers to make Safe Families work. Now, because this is what happens, Safe Families offers temporary placements for children while a family is going through a crisis of any kind. And so really the Safe Families motto is, um, any child for any reason. We do screen um, families when the children are coming into care to make sure that the host family you know, will be safe and that we have some kind of time frame for how long the child will be placed. Uh, the, temp- the placements are always temporary. Our goal is always to return the child home. And as hard as it is right now to think about Princeton leaving our home, he will. That's our goal, that's why we took him in. If we didn't want him to go home, we would have chosen a different route for the placement. Um, So he will return to his mom, that's what we wish for. We have about a 90 to 95% return rate of the children who are in safe families going back to their parents. And so what that means is not only do we take the child into care into a host family home, but that means we also offer support to the placing parent. Because we know that the reason that the child needs care is because the placing parent is having it some type of life difficult difficult life circumstance, a crisis. A lot of times it's a chronic state of crisis. Um, Homelessness, addiction, mental health issues that haven't been treated. And so if we do not support that placing parent, then we're not going to provide a better environment for the child. And so really that's where we need the church to step in. Um, We have very minimal staff in the Rockford office. I am the coordinator for Safe Families in Rockford. I am not full-time, I am 32 hours a week. I have two half-time people that work alongside me, and that is it, and we cover eight counties. So we are not just Winnebago County. We are Lee, Whiteside, Ogle, Stevenson, Boone, I can't remember them Carroll, Carol. Um, and we go even into Southern Rock, um, up into Beloit, Wisconsin. So it's minimal staff, because we depend on it being volunteer-driven, and we depend on the church stepping in and taking their rightful place, and wrapping around these families in need and supporting a placement. Uh, so there are many ways to get involved with this. If taking a child into your home sounds really not appealing at all to you, uh, there are other ways that you can be part of Safe Families. Um, I'm hoping for some of you that sounds very appealing. If I brought Princeton tonight, you would all want to take him home. Because everywhere I take him, they're like, oh, I would take him because he's really cute. Um, not all of our kids are as cute as Princeton. I will say that. we've had. Probably 20 to 25 placements in our own home since we've been involved for the last five to six years um, But the, the reality is is there are all children who need love, right? They all need to be shown the love of Christ and they all have parents who need to be shown the love of Christ uh, So one way to get involved is through hosting children directly But there are many other ways to be a part of safe families uh, one need that is is just great is that once a family does take a child into placement, that support is needed for that host family. Um, I have used several of my connections because I know every host family in all of Winnebago County. Um, I have called on them a few times in the last six months and said, I need respite. I'm tired. <laughs> Can you take this guy for a weekend? They take him for a weekend. They're called family friends. They can't do full-blown placements, they don't really want to just be called out of the blue, and said, so can we drop this child off at your house tonight? But they want to provide support. And we have had people from our congregation who are we consider our family friends, who have provided diapers for us. They have given us gift cards to Walmart so we could buy them clothes when the season's changed. Um, they have provided transportation, when mom, before mom was incarcerated, we had him for a short time back in the fall, and he needed to go to a doctor's appointment, and I had a conflict. We had a family friend that stepped in, and took him to the doctor's appointment, met mom there so that mom could be part of that visit. Uh, there's a, almost all of the school-age children that come into placement are behind in school. Uh, it's just a reality when we get children who have been in crisis situations, especially if it's a long-term, kind of a chronic crisis situation, a lot of times school gets put on the back burner. And it is not because the parents don't care. I will tell you right now, every Placing parent I've ever talked to has told me that they have dreams and plans for their children. And it is for them to graduate from high school, to go to college, to get good jobs. They're the exact same dreams we have, all have for our children. But when you're in a crisis, I'm telling you, you're in survival mode. You know, and just eating, Sleeping getting through the day become your priority and so a lot of our kids are behind when they come into our care And so tutors a lot of times we just need somebody that would sit down and offer homework support to some of our safe family children Uh, We do have family coaches. So once a child is placed in a host family home uh, we do have volunteer family coaches that go in and monitor that placement and support the host family And so within 48 hours of a placement being made, a family coach goes in, sees how the child's adjusting, see if the host family needs anything, takes those needs back to those family friends, and shares that so that the host family is supported. We always need people to come alongside the placing parent. Because like I said, if we're not helping the placing parent, and we're not showing biblical hospitality to the placing parent, we're not going to move that mom forward to get her child back. So, lots of ways to get involved with us. We are national and, in fact, international at this point. There have been over 24,000 placements made uh, since Safe Families began. Uh, we make about 3,000 placements a year at this point nationally. Uh, there are over 110 Safe Family sites across the nation, and United Kingdom has a huge Safe Families movement going on right now. So, it's very cool to watch this to spread that. It's just God. And I think that's the other thing that excites me about Safe Families and makes me very emotional about it is that God is tangible in it. Uh, there is no person that could stand up here and say, I'm Safe Families. I do Safe Families. I just show up every day. I'm actually a teacher by trade. I taught elementary school for 28 years. And two years ago, God called me out and said, enough of that being comfortable. Uh, I'm going to switch life up for you a little bit. And he threw me into Safe Families full-time. Uh, I've got no social work background, no special skills to be a coordinator of a child welfare organization, so you just know it's God. Uh, When he pulls you out and sets you in a place uh, where his strength has to shine through your weakness, and it does, you know God is in it. Um, So I'm excited to share with you just what Safe Families is doing, um, how it operates. We have a lot of activity going on right here in Winnebago County. Uh, We had... Over 21 children placed in two months uh, right out of the Rockford office so that is a record for us last year the entire calendar year of 2015 we placed 76 children um, so when we start placing over 10 children a month if you add that up we're on track to place over a hundred children uh, for 2016 so we are we are growing the need is great um, but we are in a great place with churches also. We're just starting a campaign. It is not a financial campaign. It is a volunteer base building campaign uh, where we're going out and reaching out to every evangelical church in Winnebago County with the hopes of getting at least 25 of those churches on board to partner with us and be a, uh, let say Families be a ministry of your church. Uh, so congratulations, you are the first. Uh, church uh, to be part of that. We just launched a campaign last weekend, and I'm like, "Cool, we've already got one." I'm going next weekend, and the team was very excited because it's kind of an overwhelming project. Uh, but I hope you'll partner. I am happy to speak with you after the service and talk to you more if you have questions. I'm glad to take your name if you would like. To. I'm glad just to come into your home or meet for coffee sometime and talk with you. I would love to share more about very specific ways that you could get involved and partner with us in this ministry. So, thank you for your time.
0: Thank you very much. I am very excited about this for obvious reasons, but so much more opportunity. We've talked about so many different things over the last five years, excuse me, four, four years and a few months. Almost five years. We, we've heard from the Regional Office of Education. We've heard from DCFS. We've heard from LSSI. We've heard from countless people. We've started our Paper Angel Closet in hopes and uh, successfully in a lot of ways to reach out to our young people, especially those in need, and uh, safe families offers uh, a next step for us as a congregation to be in partnership with young people, to be in partnership with families. I think there's even other things that we can participate in that, besides, uh, as Anita said, yes, man, if you feel called, man, being a foster parent is a wonderful thing, and we we certainly need that as well. But it would be it would be best if. There was no need for foster parents, uh, and if organizations like, say, families were so prevalent and so aware and, and so well known that parents knew that, man, I, I just I, I need a break or, or I need some help, and I had somewhere to go because by the time DCFS gets involved, it's too late for that. And, and so this is just a wonderful step. And so I encourage you think and pray. <laughs> I know um I, as i've said here the last couple of weeks we've gotten down on thoughts and prayers nationally it seems but um, that's why we think and we pray because something may change in us and something may be called in us and right now you may be saying wow you know even for a weekend that might seem like a lot but i know so many of you give so much time to people in, in, in your life and people in the neighborhood and people in the community and And so this is a wonderful, wonderful way. And there are so many different ways we can partner. So uh, not only individually, but as a church, I think we need to think about ways to be able to do partnership with this. And I even have some ideas about things we could potentially do that. may, may add to that as well. So, uh, let's collect, we my, uh, ushers, let's collect an offering for safe families. Um, even though they're not, uh, having a financial campaign, I'm sure they would be more than willing to accept some gifts financially. So if you have a check, you can make that out to safe families for children of Rockford. Uh, and I'm sure they'll take cash too, uh, and, uh, use that for their ministry. Seriously, think and pray. Talk to Anita after church. I have her information. You can talk to me, and we're gonna be talking about it here over the next Uh, several months I'm sure about ways that we as a congregation can partner uh, and maybe some things going into the fall that we can kick off to help these families um, both families who are safe families um, and then families who are using safe families as well I think there's there's some wonderful opportunity for that so let us collect that offering (laughs) we'll do our offering here in a minute Sometimes we have coordinating envelopes, and that makes it easier. But we'll be like we'll be like the African church, and just have two offerings tonight. If you've ever been to uh, Jennifer and I, you know worked at uh, A.M.E. Church for a while, African Methodist Episcopal Church, and you have one offering for the tithers, one offering for everybody else, and uh, it's always a good good time. Uh, so um, moving, let's uh, we've collected that. Let's. Um, Respond, man, to that good news and that I think um, some depressing numbers. But as I've said many, many times to this congregation, as as the government and as social agencies continue to fail, we as a we have an opportunity as the church to step up, uh, and so this is our time. Um, man, is it our time, <laughs> um, and, and it's going to continue in our world certainly needs prayers. Um, So let us uh, respond with the prayer our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. It will be on the screen. And then we'll move into our prayer time and then I have uh, some announcements to share with us. Let us pray together the prayer Jesus Christ taught us. Saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us move now into our prayers of the people. Let us move to uh, the prayers of the people. uh, Continuing to pray for all of those in need. Continuing to pray uh, for all of the families that we are are speaking about tonight. Uh, Pray for Europe. I I don't even know what to say about that. Um, But I will say this, because obviously I always have an opinion about everything. It's not news to anybody, is it? I will say this. If you have no idea what's going on in in England right now, um, England took a simple majority vote and decided to leave the European Union. Now that's going to be a long, drawn-out, horrible thing. But uh, basically, if you don't know anything behind it, the thing behind it is fear. And it's the same kind of fear that we see here in our country. And it's the same kind of fear that's driving our election and our policy and everything that we do. And it's the fear that keeps us from you know, volunteering to take a child into our home. And it's the kind of fear that keeps us from welcoming the immigrant and the unlovable. And it's the kind of fear that keeps us from being truly the kind of hospitable people and hospitable church that God is calling us to do. Um, so don't ignore it. Take heed of it. Because it is a good warning. And watch as the troubles in our world certainly don't end but as God continues to remind us that the kingdom is more powerful than any one kingdom. And God's glory will remain regardless. Let us pray these prayers. And respond, Lord, in Your mercy. Hear our prayers. Let us pray. Lord, You have laid out this race before us. We pray for strength, endurance, and perseverance as we run this race. We know we do not run alone, and now we lift up in prayer all of our fellow runners. Lord, we pray for those who faithfully run the race, those who lead by example and rely fully on Your grace and mercy. Continue to lift them up so that they may continue to set pace for us all. Lord, in Your mercy. Lord, we pray for those who have stumbled and struggled in the race, those who have fallen under the weight of their sin in this world. We pray for those who have been wounded and those who find themselves hitting a wall. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Lord, in Your mercy. Lord, we pray for those who have given up the race altogether. Although their choice was their own, sometimes our actions and the actions of our local churches push people off the path. Grant them Your grace and compassion and allow us to continue to bring them back into the race. Lord, in Your mercy. Lord, we pray for those yet to enter the race. People of all generations and nations who have not heard Your good news or not taken it to heart. People of all types, of all tongues, build us up. Build us as Your body that we may be a light to all people and encourage them in the race to come. Lord, in Your mercy. Lord, thank You again for Your example in Jesus Christ. And thank You as You run along with us. And as we are supported by a great cloud of witnesses, grant us Your will, Your peace, Your hope, Your joy, and love as we run this race together. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Now we are going to receive our offering for the work of New Life United Methodist Church. As we do, a couple things to pass around. Uh, we have set a date for the Rockford Rivets game. It is July 27th. That is a Wednesday? Wednesday, July 27th. And it just so happens, as Whitney called to check on, because they were, we were thinking either Tuesday or Wednesday, and they were doing a state fair night um, at the Rockford Rivets. And so we said, well, what the heck is that? And I said, well, it's probably just corn dogs and Whitney called, and yeah, it was corn dogs and stuff like that. But they said to her, oh, Wednesday is faith night. $10 for a ticket, hot dog, chips, and soda. Pretty good for a night of some type of baseball. I don't know what college baseball technically, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun for $10 and something to do. Many of you have signed up. I ask you to sign up again if that date works for you. We'll have the sign up on the sign up board back. Out that door. Uh, and also, uh, as many of you know, uh, our, the Winter family is leaving. Um, not because not they're angry with us, but uh, because uh, they're moving across the country. And so uh, we are going to say goodbye to them with a special ice cream social. Are you familiar with one? I, we've never done one here. But if you've been around church a few years, you've probably been to an ice cream social and uh, encourage you. So there's some sign-up for items there. That will be the 23rd, I believe. So ice cream, yes. Yes, they're not here. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Yes, and and either if that's done before, um, yeah, if that's done before, then we can do that. If it's not, then we can do it and then send it to them. Right, either way. Um, we can we can do that too so um thank you for that um, man our last movie in the park was phenomenal we had people from all over the neighborhood all over the community coming to see a movie on the back of a fence on a white sheet um, and had a great time and so we are doing that the first and the third we decided to do that consistently throughout the summer first and the third um friday nights usually as we start at 7:30 eat and then the movie usually around 8:30 I'm looking here um at my calendar of events here we go uh so that is yeah the first and third that is july 1st and july 15th we have upgraded so we have a very large portable movie screen an HD movie screen that we have purchased for that ministry And so we're moving on up. We actually have a license, so this is legal. We can actually show movies. Um, We're not like, dude, this is a legal thing we can do. Uh, It is in the neighborhood. Man, it's so much fun, and I encourage you just to um, invite your family, invite friends. Get it out on Facebook. Man, Facebook has been a wonderful thing. So if you are on Facebook, go to our page and share our events. Because that's the only way people on your Facebook are going to see them. But Facebook traffic has been amazing, and people have actually come to events through that. So this is a wonderful way to meet people in our community, to get into relationship with them um, outside of our doors, and, and it's just really taken off as one of our focal calls is to be in relationship with our neighborhood. Uh, so our next time is next Friday, July 1st. Um, I- enjoy that. Uh, tomorrow, <laughs> it's... They told me when I went into ministry, it's it's going to be ten years next week um, that I've been serving churches full time uh, as as pastor. Uh, several years before that, in other ways, but uh, in this vicinity, ten years now. Uh, and they told me summertime is the the slow time in the church. I don't seems like a lie. I don't know if they were intentionally lying to me, um, but it seems like we, we just do a lot in the summer, um, which is great. So we are going to Lake Geneva tomorrow, to Geno's East. Um, a couple of people, I, I believe, uh, Joanne and Charlie said, hey, let's meet out um, at the Rock, uh, Roscoe United Methodist Church parking lot at one o'clock. Is anyone planning to do that? Okay, yes. Okay, so we will plan to meet at the Roscoe United, because there are going to be people that are just going to meet us in Lake Geneva around 1.45 at Chino's. Um, So we will meet together at the uh, Roscoe parking lot, Roscoe United Methodist Church up in Roscoe, and we will um, Sunday at 1 o'clock, and we will drive up to Lake Geneva. Hopefully, it looks like a nice day up there, so hopefully uh, after we eat, there might be some other things we can do um, right there, or we can just eat and enjoy um, fine Chicago pizza in Wisconsin. Uh, and, uh, there is parking, however, behind, um, you know, it's kind of on a hill. We've been there for several years now. Uh, and so there is, you, we call and you can park at the, um, hotel, uh, as well. So, uh, we'll figure that out tomorrow. And, <laughs> okay, there's a lot going on. Uh, we are gonna plan to go see Jesus Christ Superstar. We're not gonna get tickets in advance, so you need to get your own tickets, and I would do that sooner than later. At the Starlight Theater, Uh, Down in Rockford, uh, which our own Emily Calgaro is going to be part of. Um, We are planning to do that as a church. Now, I encourage you, if you can't do it on that night, go any of that weekend. I think it's going to be playing again. They just did it. But they're going to go July 13th through the 17th. We are going to try together, uh, as many of us as we can, Thursday, July 14th at 8 p.m. So go get tickets. I think they're about $30 each. A great night of theater. It's one of my favorite musicals. I haven't seen Hamilton. But, um, to this point, it's one of my favorite, uh, and it's a lot cheaper than Hamilton. That's a musical. I don't, if, I don't, if anybody has the Twitter, that's all my Twitter feed. Like, 500 of my friends waiting in line in Chicago for $400 Hamilton tickets. Um, which would be great, but, um, not in my, uh, vote right now. Uh, so, but this is one of my absolute favorite musicals and a wonderful, um, a wonderful witness as so many of the people who worked on it originally uh, we're not people of faith, but through this process of living out the story of Jesus Christ, they became people of faith. Uh, and just a wonderful story that's impacted um, so many lives. And the passion story, of course, has impacted each of our lives. So that's just July. <laughs> um, and, and I know that's a lot of stuff. We finally got it all planned. And uh, every, that's why I'm all sharing it all tonight in mass. Um, we do have our community concert, uh, pig roast um, festival. On August 13th, we're going to talk more about that on our planning team, which is not July 4th, which is July 11th. So if you're interested in helping out, July 11th, Monday, 7 p.m. And I remind you that July 4th, we have pancakes and a parade at Sherland, in the Sherland town, and just a wonderful, wonderful time. So, plenty of things to do this summer if you were thinking you were going to be bored Uh, Plenty of fun, uh, plenty of activity, and we're going to continue to talk about other ways uh, that we can um, be encouraged. I will say we've had mission groups here all summer. We had three mission groups here this week here in the building. One from uh, a friend of mine from Wisconsin with her church, uh, a a church called New Life United Methodist Church in Indiana that I was going to take their bus because their bus literally had our logo on it. New Life United Methodist Church. I'm like, wow, this is great. Somebody got me a bus. Um, and uh, they took it home. So um, that's that's good. But no, they were here, and then we had a First United Methodist Church in Evanston was here, uh, all working with Rockford um, Urban Ministry and Rockford Work Camps. Uh, but the Evanston Church one day, as Charlie was here trying to organize the... Um, now, now, let me tell you the story. This is why we go long, because... Have this problem. Yeah, <laughs> I need to. You pay me, so I might as well stand up here and say stuff. Um, so, Charlie decided he was going to come in and do um, the inventory, which is great. So, uh, I, Jeff and I had to leave for a meeting. The, the groups are here. So, when we left for that meeting, Charlie was in the Paper Angel closet doing inventory. When we got back, there were six junior high kids. And Charlie was nowhere to be found, so you'll have to talk to Charlie about what happened. Um, but the uh, the mission group from Evanston actually organized and inventoried. More importantly, they inventoried the entire paper angel closet. So we ha- we actually know everything down to the the number. I mean, it's some of the stuff they actually counted, like the the hotel soap and conditioner stuff that we have. Like, yeah, we know exactly how much. And I'm sure to be a fly on the wall with you know six junior high kids, you know, counting tampons, and um, I'm sure it would have been hilarious, but um, uh, thank, uh, thank you to our, our friends uh, from First Nine Methodist Evanston, and it's good. It's good for those uh, kids from Evanston to get their hands dirty uh, and do some work. So, I them three it, so stuff. We, we do have a lot of stuff. Um, we are short in some areas. Uh, and so once we uh once we get that all taken care of we know exactly what we need to ask for um i believe it looks like uh deodorant and actually adult toothbrushes were kind of low on so um individually wrapped adult toothbrushes is the issue so uh but uh we'll let you know exactly and uh thank you all for that work and um yeah all the people we've helped through that so let us now move to our act of confession as we move to the table Written by Nancy Townley. Thank her for her ministry of liturgy. So let us read this together. Lord of power and compassion, we are all so overwhelmed in these times with fears. We fear that we will not have enough of whatever we need to survive. We fear the anger and hostility that abides in the world, in our own country, in our own neighborhoods. All around us is anxiety about living. We draw into ourselves as a response to the needs. We want someone else to take care of those in need. We want someone else to fight our battles for us. We want someone else to stop the darkness. We feel as though we are drowning in the depths of despair. But you, O Lord, are the bright light, the power to heal, the reassuring hand of comfort and strength. You offer to us healing love, strength for our exhausted souls, courage to face whatever comes with the full confidence that You are with us in all these times. Forgive our weakness and our little faith. And let us now... Oh, there's one more. Yes, excuse me. Give us hearts of strength and hope. Enable us to be among those who would reach out to others with welcome, healing, forgiveness, and love. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now let us bring to Christ any concerns, any confessions we would place before Him in a moment of silence. Hear this good news God is reaching out to you today. God offers healing and encouragement out of God's great love for you, it is a free gift. Continually given to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. We come to the table as always. Practicing open table, which means if you are desiring a relationship with Jesus Christ and with your brothers and sisters, you are welcome at this table even if you don't fully understand it. As no one does. And that's why it is this holy mystery. To affirm that inclusive nature, we use gluten-free bread and grape juice instead of wine. I remind you as we come to the table, we do so in an act of Eucharist giving thanks to God who created the heavens and the earth who created you and me and who wants to have a relationship with each person here tonight. We come as a community, as communion. We gather around this table not only with those gathered here, but on a table that spans generations, that spans time and space with all of our brothers and sisters from around the globe. For that great cloud of witnesses who has come before us and for those who have yet to come, we gather together and are encouraged to make that community a reality in our world. We come to the table in remembrance. By that I mean we remember on the night Jesus was a trade, He took bread like this. Giving thanks to God, he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the meal, he took a cup like this. He gave thanks to God and giving it to his disciples. He said, Drink from this, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you meet in remembrance of me. We come together remembering this means of grace. That here in this moment, in this time, we can experience God's loving action in our lives right now. And so we pray this prayer. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on all those gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Truly make them be for us your body, that we may be your body, the church, redeemed by your blood for this world and the next. Make us one as you are one. We come to the table remembering the sacrifice Jesus Christ made for us on the cross. We offer ourselves as holy and living sacrifices and we remember the mystery of our faith that Christ has died, Christ has risen and Christ will come again. Finally, we look forward to that day, that time, that moment when Christ will come again and we will feast at His heavenly day. So I remind you as you come to the table, let the band come first. I'll ask my servers to come forward now. Receive the bread, dip it in the cup. Feel free to remember your baptism on the baptismal font. Write a prayer concern. Light a candle in memory of honor or someone just to enlighten the Holy Spirit into your life this moment. This is the body of Christ broken that you may be Christ's body, the church. And this is the blood of Christ shed that you may be forgiven and have new life table is set um, and eat.